Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yugi Podcast. My name is Sunny. I am with my co-host, Giant Sky. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, just had a six-round local today. Uh, seen in Edmonton. That feels is, like a big local. It is a big local. I think we had I think we had 35 people out, which for Edmonton is crazy. Uh, we've really been starting to get it going. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, and then yeah. Yeah, shot some hoops in the in the driveway. Uh, my fifty year old mom uh, still shoots free throws better than I do, uh, so I got owned at. Uh, she always will. Too. I got I got owned at twenty one. Uh, well, five to four, but it was close. But otherwise, yeah, good day. <laughs> well, uh, before we get too far in uh, and into the good stuff, uh, you got to sit through all of our uh, ad reads. So a huge thank you to, of course, all of our patrons. Of course, a huge thank you to ETB and Still Fox Games, my two locals, for their continued support of the podcast. Of course, we also want to thank a Dragon Shield and TCG player, and of course, Tier Zero Games and Gem Accessories for all of the affiliate links that you can see. And Gem and Tier Zero, I believe you get a discount when you use the affiliate link. Uh, be sure to check out our Teespring. We have Apple and Spotify ratings if you want to leave us a rating. And of course, be sure to check out our Discord server and follow us on Twitter. Now, with that said, let's go ahead and get on into today's content. Of course, we've got an esteemed guest with us today. The one and only, the world champion, Mr. Pauly Aronson. How are you doing this evening? What? What? Where? Who? How? What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. Yeah? Why don't you yeah. tell the people who somehow might not know who you are a little bit about yourself and why you are here today? I'm here because I'm, you know, um, Sunny and Skyhawk were nice enough to have me on. But uh, I am, no, I'm, um, I am a two-time YCS champion and current uh, world champion for the TCG. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Polly, I want to... I want to ask you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump straight into it. How does it feel? Just when you extend that handshake, 
in the finals of the world championship. How is it? Um, that's always, that's always a, a, an interesting question. It's 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 like it's weird because like um, well, I, I try. And, I, first of all, like I, whenever I'm in like finals like that, and you you, you know you're lucky enough to win. Um, I try not to like pop off too hard because, like, my first thought is always like, I don't, I, I feel you feel bad, you feel so bad for the point, right? Because it's like they came so close in their second, so like I don't want to like you know be disrespectful or like, or like make the opponent feel worse. So like I try to like, always keep it like kind of you know like low key and not like you know get too excited. Um, but it's certainly exciting. And it's also it's just kind it's also kind of like overwhelming a little bit, especially at Worlds because it's just like whoa, like this is big, this is big. Um, so I just you know. We shook hands and and uh, kind of just like looked down at my cards and I was like, hmm, okay, we did it. You know, yeah. we, I put a lot of work in and we, we got it. We it paid off. Um, yeah. So, I am a little bit curious. The world's format is so fundamentally different from the format that you would play a YCS in. Not just from the card pool. But maybe also from individual rulings, uh, like for example, I believe the time rules were TCG time rules, mm -hmm. whereas I believe I heard that the hand trigger rules were maybe the OCG hand trigger rules. Yeah, so we used. I don't think that, I don't think that ever really came out for anything except for probably uh, increase the popularity of Ghost Mourner. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, hand trigger rules were OCG. Time rules, we did use TCG time rules. This was the first year at where, where Worlds used the TCG time rules. Um, so that was a big change. Um, mm -hmm. At least for the OCG players, for sure. Right. Um, yeah. And then, but for testing, the main thing was, you know, just testing decks. And it, it was mm -hmm. such a wide open format. Like, there was like 17 viable decks or something like that. And just like a lot of them, and at least 10 good ones. Um, yeah. And it was, there was a lot of testing. Um trying different things and it's weird too because in a closed format or, or in a closed event or for such and when it's such a small event with such a small number of players like it's hard because everyone kind of is trying to conceal what they're doing from like the rest of the the, the players let's say because and so which makes it very like you're kind of going in blind because you don't really know what everyone else is gonna be doing although by the end like i kind of like had worked with enough players i had an idea of what some of the other players were, were doing um, and I kind of was pretty open about what I was doing. I think I, I kind of, I think I just, I think I told like everyone like the day before the end, like I'm playing dragon. Like I don't care. I'm not telling everyone. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, but certainly at least in the beginning and for sure, partly like it's, it's kind of un just a lot of unknowns. So uh, I do have one last question about the world's format and the experience at world. So with world, you mentioned that it's a lot smaller tournament. So I think there's only around like 28 ish players total mm -hmm. in the main event. And then it was seven rounds this year instead of five. And then it cut to top eight. So do you think that with the tournament being so much smaller and so much more personal than like a YCS or anything like that, do you think that the size of the tournament impacted how you felt about winning? Because I, I feel like winning, it's almost like winning locals versus like a 600 man regional. Just that the quality of play is so much higher. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like people always say that like the joke is like oh you just have you just have to win locals it's like no that's not even remotely <laughs> a correct comparison because you're playing your locals doesn't have like thirty of like the best players in the world there you know yeah yeah so like um I think it's like wet like yeah I, I always think that's a fun comparison but um it, it is interesting like there because it was a similar question for like for the playoff because 
I, I qualified for Worlds through the points playoff this year. It mm-hmm. was not through the main event. And so, you know, there was this debate I had, I was having with some friends a couple months ago. We were discussing, like, I wonder which is harder, like, qualifying for Worlds through the main event or through the playoff this year? Because the playoff was 32 people this year. Yeah. It was the top 16 from the, 29, the 2019 through 2022 points rankings season. Mm-hmm. And the top 16 from the 2022 to 2023 ranking season. Right. And all 32 of us played together in one big playoff for only two spots, you know, to Worlds. Which so it was insane, like, which is harder? Making top four in the 3,000-person main event with, like, everybody? But where, like, obviously the concentration of top players is way, way lower versus the 32-person playoff where it's only four rounds you have to win. But, like, it was, it like, the names on that list, too, was, like, crazy. Like, it was literally, like, almost... insane. Almost an exact relation to, like, the top 32 players in North America. Not exact, but, like, very... It, pretty, it was pretty, pretty close. close. <laughs> it was, like... So it was, so it was, it was crazy. Like, and, um... I don't know the answer, but I know I didn't make the top cut in the main event this year. I bubbled. I was 9-3. But... But I won the playoff, so <laughs> you know. Um, I think that you take that end. I take. I think you take the end result like ten times out of ten. Yeah, probably. Oh, I'll have you. Um, which which overall is harder? I don't know, but I know for me, I guess it we worked out. The po- the playoff worked out. So it, it was interesting, kind of pre- twice to- pre- having to prepare twice this summer for like an ultra competitive low player count closed event like that the playoff and then worlds because both times it's like it's such an interesting dynamic of like everyone's trying to be concealed about what they're playing you don't know what everyone's playing you can assume there's gonna be like a, a higher concentration of meta than normal but then it's like really for the playoff it was like well on the other hand are people going to intentionally try to like pick off the wall picks because there no one wants to play cash mirrors all day i think in the end like half the 16 16 of 32 ended up playing cash so it, most yeah. people did end up going with their comfort picks which i think is usually the best choice um, including myself, I played cash, and then like, but then for worlds, it was even more interesting because for worlds, like with cash banned, the the meta was even more wide open, and it was just like there were so many decks to choose from. Um, it yeah. was it was interesting. Yeah, me when were I there any to... decks that were? Go ahead, Scott. Uh, I was just gonna say, me when I have to win a, a four round locals, but my locals is like Jesse Cotton, Steven Santoli. you gotta gotta, gotta tear through everybody yeah well i think that's what's because i know steven's from canada um i I have Mm -hmm. friends in toronto that i played against him a lot and he he, yes he's a great player yeah he took he took exo and so that was like people playing what they were comfortable with because that's what he's been on for like forever um Mm -hmm. it it is funny how that works in in a smaller thing it's like uh, i could try to the debate between do i try to play what i think is the best thing in the room or the thing i think i'm gonna perform the best with and like at a huge yeah. event with a whole bunch of rounds, it's maybe better to pick the best thing in the room. But in a smaller event where you're like, I need to play perfect against all of these people, then it's like, I, uh, I'll go. Yeah, yeah. I, I have my, th- I have, I have some thoughts on that. I, I think there, I think, um, I, I, I mean, I'm always an advocate for. Uh, I think especially in modern Yu-Gi-Oh, you should like. You should always play the deck that you know the best, that you have the most experience with. Even for big events, I will say. Um, and that's a mistake I used to make a lot. Like years ago, I would always try. My my goal in testing was always to find the best deck, like the the, the conceptual best deck, like in terms of matchups, uh, overall medical. And over the years, I came to realize, like, if you play the deck that, like, like the deck that you like have been grinding with, and you know all the and you know all the interactions against all the decks, 
and like your siding patterns have all been re you've refined all the siding patterns you have the siding patterns down like your build is refined i just i think that's always the best choice uh over the like conceptual best deck uh, a lot of players like there's some players who just like they'll switch like the day before the event because like they heard about like some hot tech or like some crazy deck or just like because something new came out it's supposed to be like the best deck and then just you know you're just not it's just you can't you're never gonna be able to do to play perfectly with a deck that you're, you're still learning so um a big advocate for, for playing the deck the most okay. that you know the best as long as like it's within reason right as long as it's like we're talking about like a meta deck not like you know battery then or like something like that but yeah i'm gonna <laughs> pull up with the uh, ally of justice because i know where to use cycle reader on every card in the game uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that might not work out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes sense uh but yeah especially in modern Yu-Gi-Oh, like there's so many like decks that are like semi-viable like there's probably at least 20 decks that you yeah. like you know if you know real if you know if you know your deck really well you should probably you could probably pull up and at least you know top regional or, or do something cool so yeah why yes like uh, an interesting question about that duality between best deck in the room and best deck in your hands right because yep. i think that there does come a time where maybe a deck isn't super viable anymore. I'm running into this issue with Sword Soul. I've been playing Sword Soul consistently for a year and a half. It is power crept. And I need to transition. But the issue yeah. is, like, when do I get to the point where it's like, okay, I really need to transition, but it's still the deck I'm most comfortable with, right? So I, I think, so for me, I often run into an issue of it's like the week before an event. And, like, I've been testing a couple different decks, but I haven't become super proficient with any of them. But the mm -hmm. deck I was playing for the last event is still viable. I'll just, I'll play that deck. Um, if you, if you, if you already, if you, if you have recognized that the, your comfort deck, so to speak, has been power crept, um, I would say at that point, like, if, like, picks, how do I put it, like, the part of the deciding factor is how much time you have left before the event, let's say, right? So if, if there isn't sure. like a particular event you have coming up and you have time, then I would say if you recognize that your deck has been power crept, then just, you know, pick whatever it is, whatever, or maybe a couple decks and just start, start practicing them. Um, what part of that issue of like, you know, just going with your comfort pick is like when there is an event coming up and, you know, you know, and you're out of time, right? Or when you know there's sure. only a couple weeks, maybe, let's say, and you know you aren't going to have that much time over the next couple weeks, so you have to make a concession. You know what? I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with this deck. That, 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 that is my comfort deck. Sure. Um, but if there isn't, like, if you, you know, if, if there isn't, like, a particular event coming up that you're testing for, and that, then, yeah, then I would say, like, like if you have the time to, to practice, in other words, like, if you have the time to practice the new deck and you don't have to go with your comfort pick, you know, then, yeah. If you, especially if you think your deck has been power crap. Right. Then it might be yeah. time. might be time to move on. I, I was actually going to bring up you and Sword Soul because we have had conversations. This was it was like you were almost at the jumping off point with Super Heavy, and then they banned Scarecrow, and yeah. I was like, he's, oh. Oh, he's gonna keep <laughs> I playing, had the deck put he's together. Keep playing Sword Soul for the rest yeah. of the time, but uh, no, that's really like, good. Okay, I have a actually. regional tomorrow. I have the deck <laughs> put together, and it's like, oh no, that that nope, never mind. So <laughs> it's gone. Um, yeah. Cool. So what have uh, what have you been? How have you been preparing to, to dive back into Dune? Because that's like, you take two months off, you're back into TCG format. What's your process yeah. for, for learning a format? Is it yep. just a billion games? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so even even after Worlds, I took like a two-week break kind of from, from I didn't really play all 
And, um, yeah, just literally the last two weekends, I've been learning all the doing stuff. I sat down for, you know, um, last weekend, I played two re two regionals, and, like, that was my first time. I was reading the Rescue Ace cards as I was playing against them. So I, I decided, <laughs> you know what, I'm taking a break. I'll go in blind. It'd be like that. Normally, that's never how I approach it, though. So now that, um, so now, for example, uh, in two weeks, I'm going to be going to um, YCS Vancouver. And so I'm, now it's like, all right, I got two weeks left. Now I got to grind. So I've been, um, I've been trying to, to learn, um, I pretty much know, I've learned, like, first, first step, right, is, like, learning all the cards in the new deck. So, like, Rescue Ace, Unchained, the new Pearly stuff, the new, um, the Chimera stuff, which is huge. I think that deck's really good. And then, you know, then it's like, all right, learning the combos. Like, ideally, I'm going to try to play each of those decks myself, at least a little bit, so I have an understanding of the combos. And then in the choke points and such, and like what cards are good against them. And then right now, I don't have a deck that I've kind of selected as like the deck I'm leaning towards. So right now, I'm kind of just trying to test to practice them all a decent amount. And um, hopefully, one, I, this is like the hardest part, in my opinion, is like trying to figure out which deck is like the right deck to focus on. Because like until you know a deck really well, it's hard to accurately judge like which deck is actually which decks are actually better than each other but un, but like in order to get really proficient with a deck to that point to be able to see it to its full potential you have to pick it first and you can't pick it until you know which ones it, so it's like kind of it's kind of like a paradox um where like you kind of just have to start trying to play them and you kind of i often find i kind of just end up on one it's like well i know this deck really well now I'm favored in most of the matchups just because I know all the interactions so well. I'm just gonna stick with this one now, I guess. Um, it's always an it's always like an interesting process um, for me, like doing that. So for the last like eight events, it's, it's always ended up being like, well, cash is still legal and it's, I still know <laughs> the best, so I'm just playing cash again. Still know what it does. Um, yeah. Worlds was different with the exception of Worlds, but so like literally right now, if there is no ban list, I'm almost definitely still going to be playing cash again for Vancouver, like for example. Yeah. So. Um, but I'm hoping there's a ban list because I'm so sick of this. Yeah, I, I so I'll be at I'll be at Vancouver as well. Uh, I'm I really hope that, awesome. I really hope we're getting a I I I don't know if they'll do it because they have the because there's the team YCS um, in I think Sao Paulo the the week before. Yes. Yep, Sao so Paulo would, this, this weekend. They mm -hmm. would have to do it on Monday, or they would have to like make it effective after the YCS. But then that sucks for the people playing the team event who still have to play under a Rise Heart Pass. Um, right. Well, I, I'm sure they wouldn't. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh ahead. no, that's that's all. I'm like, I, I'm curious if like, do you think they're gonna do a list? Do you think it's not gonna happen, or do we have to like flip a coin? Um, like I don't know. As far as having any com uh, contradict or conflict with the YCSs, that's not too much of an issue because you know we've seen in the past they're definitely willing to just you know release the list and then have it go into effect after. Like if there is a YCS that we can, you know those let's to effect after and i think that's a great solution so that's they could so do it like, 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 because, because if, if they weren't willing to do that like like there's three ycs's back-to-back -back weekends for the next three weekends there's sao paulo then vancouver then cancun so i mean unless they're gonna not release the list until after all three ycs's which i'm sure they won't i don't think they'll do they're gonna have to release it and have it go into effect like the following week on one of these weeks because so uh, either either they're gonna release it this weekend and have it go into effect after sao paulo or they're going to release it the following week and have it go into effect after Vancouver. They could do either one. Um, I'm guessing they might 
I really don't know. Either, either I think either we'll get it tomorrow. Either we'll get it because like if they're gonna have it go into effect on the it, following it Monday, they'll be, probably it release it tomorrow. It has to be Monday. Like they could release it this Friday and then have it go into effect the following Monday. But I think they'll probably just do it on a Monday to Monday. So it's we're probably either getting it tomorrow or we're gonna get it the following Monday. In which case, they'll go into effect the following following Monday, which would be after Vancouver. Probably. So either it's tomorrow. If we don't get a list tomorrow, I would say we're probably playing the current list for Vancouver. Yeah, I guess. So. Um, Wait, yeah. we'll find out before this airs. <laughs> so, this yeah. Will be a oh, if we get yeah, the list, right. if we get the Fuck list it. on Monday, this is going to be really funny for people to listen to. Yeah, on, I think we probably Tuesday. won't. They could do it mid round but... again. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was fun. That was that was so. Oh my god, that was so crazy. I was like, I was like, everyone, everyone just immediately, everyone just starts running around like, oh, and I'm like, oh my, I'm like, oh my god, rounds up, yay, finally. And then my friend's like, no, it's not up, and I'm like, damn it. And then I'm like, wait, then why is it we're running around? I'm like, okay. And then my head, I'm like, okay, there's definitely a fire. There's definitely a fire here somewhere. <laughs> What's going on? And then like, there's insane? no fire. What? Was it that insane? Were people running around that much? It wasn't like that degree, but it was definitely like everyone was in motion, like, talk, yeah, like yeah. talking, like, like you know, like, there's you know, there's like, like, there's a ton of buzz. And then I'm like, what the heck happened? And he's like, the balance dropped. And I'm like, Huh? Because in my whole 17, 17 years of playing, I don't think we've ever had a ban list drop on a weekend. So that was very that was very funny. That was that was a lot of fun. I like the company you, does fun stuff like that. Can, so you know that it was intentional because if you go back and listen to the Konami podcast, Billy Break is very specifically like three times. He's like, so wasn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Did it, it was a lot of fun. The only disappointing part was lo was looking at the list and immediately it was looking at the list, reading it over, reading it over a second time, and immediately saying, "Oh darn, Kashira is still the best deck. What are yeah. they doing?" Yeah. <laughs> I was but like, I remember God. I remember looking at it and being like, "Okay, a rise heart to one. Sure, Diablosis is gone. That's cool. We don't have like the zone locking nonsense anymore." And then, then Unicorn to two. It's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, we it's, see the oh, one card combo less often. That's it's awesome. it's still the best. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. like it's like oh, <laughs> okay. Now we're just gonna make sure that people aren't having questions about whether to run Nib or not. We're just gonna solve that real quick and then yeah, be done with it. Okay, so I guess we, we we'll probably <clears throat> do another episode on this later. But while we've got you to to snag your thoughts, let's say a list drops tomorrow for Vancouver. Uh, what do you want on it? Like what's like what would like are there is there anything that you just like really really want gone or do you think they'll be more conservative with this one? Like I don't know what your thoughts are. Um, I've been really wanting D Bear to get banned for like at least a year or two now. I think that's like the one card I would like to see get banned. Um, let's speak it into existence, please. <laughs> I would like a Rise Heart bans. I would like a Rise Heart ban. It's time, please, please, please. I don't want to play <laughs> this anymore. I'm bored. <laughs> um, please, please, please stop making me chain Forbidden Lance to Book of Moon. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, I do do that? Yep. so I would like, I would like Arise Heart and Barrier Ban. I would like. How do you feel about Erad? Um, Erad, I think. So I think about the funny thing about Erad is like I don't think it's actually like as problematic of a card as people think. It's definitely a card that could get banned. It's kind, it's pretty blowouty. Right, so I think that would be a fine ban, but it's not like I think it it unique it saw play uniquely that format because it was searchable off of um in lab. 
Like, and that's why we kept seeing it so much in gameplay and in replays because it was searchable. I don't, if it weren't for that, I, yes, it was very good against Cash Tira, but I don't think it normally would have seen that much play aside from that fact. Like, yes, people are now like, we're started like putting it like in their side decks and like all kinds of decks and stuff. But like, I think there's a reason that wasn't really done before this. Um, and I think that's because I don't think it's generally a correct card to side given that it's not searchable. Um, I think because it was searchable in one deck, people like it put it in front of people which made people want to start playing it even though i don't think it was necessarily correct for people to be playing it yeah it seems like, in index outside of last do you think that do you think that that tactics changes the math on that um potentially like we're definitely moving toward the one of the trends in the game overall is definitely like more board breakers over hand traps um but i so it, it could it could be a card that ends up still being an issue in the future i know like i can give you an example in dragon link for Worlds format, it was a very popular side card. Um, like Santiago, who who also made top four with Dragon Link at Worlds, was was siding them, I believe. Um, I tested them. I personally felt it was very like there were too many hands where it just wasn't live because sometimes if you, sometimes if you just don't open a Bishel or if you have to use your Bishel as a link material and then you have to choose between whether to make your play or keep your virus live to where either way you're ending on like one less stop. Um, then you would have been if the virus was just like a regular hard stop. So. I ended up deciding I definitely did not want to um, play, and, and it just isn't live against that many matchups, or that, or at least isn't that good against that many matchups. So I definitely decided I didn't want to. Uh, I ended up cutting it. I decided I didn't want to side it. Obviously, you know Santiago did, and he did very well with it. So um, it's certainly still a good card, but um, I think it's like I think it's a good option. Personally, I didn't wasn't an option I would choose, um, but because of that inconsistency, I think it's that kind of balances it. I think that's where why it's kind of fair. It was just in lab that I think it was really over uh overpowered because it was searchable. Um but we'll see. I think it'd be a fine card to, to limit or ban just because it is it is for what it does, it is pretty volatile, it is pretty like swingy. So it would it would be a fine yeah. hit, but I don't think it needs to get a hit. Okay. Any sure. uh, anything else aside from like the so D barrier up like probably for like six years, honestly. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah d d barrier i think is uh i think floodgates in general i think are very unhealthy for the game personally think they're not great because of how volatile they are like i don't usually side floodgates but i i but like a lot of people do and i think they are very like they're so swingy um so i think like floodgates in general i don't i think are kind of unhealthy but especially lingering floodgates because at least regular floodgates like they you can cause them right you can twin them they're at least somewhat interactable with um and also, like, they affect both players. So a lot of times in grind games, you end up getting stuck under your own floodgate, like with cards like Summon Limit or Spell Fragrance or Rivalry. Whereas with Barrier, it's like, it's just a sun for the opponent. It's just for one turn. It's lingering, so you can't even, like, there's very few ways to interact with it. Yeah. One of the ways that there was, which is Red Reboot, got banned. So aside from cross out, there's almost no ways to interact with it. And it's just yeah. so, so high impact against certain decks. That I just, it, it just completely, you have almost, so, like, if you or if you're facing like a, a full or a decent sized board with a barrier behind it, and you're playing one of the decks that loses to barrier, you just have no chance. Yeah, it's almost. Like, so I, I think as yeah. a sword soul player, it makes the labyrinth matchup unwinnable. It's yeah, it's one of those like because uh, what the available counterplay is cross out to and and playing the target in your own <clears throat> side or main board yep. and like side yep. frame epsilon to interact with like lingering floodgate <laughs> armor traps and 
And if, if right. you, like, it, say you're, like, you're playing against, like, a Monadium player that's citing D-Barrier, and you go Epsilon, and they go Apollosa, you go, okay. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, like there's just, like, it's, right, like a, right. it's, like, a reasonably available counterplay thing, I think. And they're not going to Barrier until you've summoned a monster most of the time, unless yeah. you're playing, like, a Fusion deck, and you, and you start with, like, Brain Fusion or something, let's say. Like, most of the time, you can't even Epsilon, because you're going to have monsters. So it's, like, yeah. there's so few ways to interact with it. For us, there's yeah. literally, like, the only decent one. And I have... Yeah, I uh, I have one <laughs> very funny story about Erad. Uh-oh. And I just before I forget it, because I want to I want to get a laugh out of both of you. All right. Yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> I was at a re a regional the first weekend of August, the Fort Worth regional, and while there, one of my one of my friends that plays at the Shreveport locals, <laughs> he was playing against a Sword Soul player. He drew his opening hand. He had four spell cards. And his opponent, the Sword Soul player, summoned Draco Berserker and Baron, passed, and then flipped Erad and tributed Draco Berserker. Oh my god. Sometimes we do what we gotta do. It's I not guess. evidence We're that doing... the card needs to go or anything, but the fact that he was just playing it because yeah. he was like, oh, I can just make Draco Berserker if I see it in my it, opener. It, it, is, it is funny with, with Eradicator, right? I think you're right that Polly is right that it's like there are times when it's really crazy like Kashtira relied on a lot of spells so all like the feature matches where it showed up was like ripping a whole hand of spells playing against yeah. Kash and that obviously looks really bad and it was like a problem in tier format resetting it with stuff like Griffin but like we there's a whole bunch of decks that can just play it that don't because it either takes too much setup or like you can't reliably get it like we were I play Fluffle uh we were we were testing it because we have a target in the extra deck for Daredevil but it's like you have to draw the E-Rad or you have to be on like Fright for Meister nonsense. Or you have to like also see E-Rad and a poly play and you like you've used all your investment on it. So for a lot of decks, it's not worth it to do Eradicator. Exactly. So that it's, that's kind of like, I guess, a more succinct way of saying what I was trying to say before. Like, it's it's very costly. So for what it does, it, yeah. it, it's... That's it. Yeah. Sure. Um, I guess... It, it could definitely get a ban. I'd be fine with a ban on it. Do you think just other cards? I think would they're well, the either, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of like bans. Do you think other than like obviously like I think knocking Castiera down a peg? It's a shockingly like diverse meta. Like if you look at regional results, there's actually a lot of decks you can play right now and a lot of new decks. Yes. Do you think anything else needs a hit? Um, like, is there anything that you'd like to see? Um, just, like, I'm very much kind of about like I rarely find like a particular. I rarely feel that like a particular card or particular deck really needs to get hit. It's more just about like. Um, time, time scales. I'm like, all right, this has been around for like long enough. Like, it's time for it to get hit, and like, it's just like, just just to keep things fresh. So, um, right now, there's like a lot of new decks that just kind of got introduced. So, I definitely think um, there's not really anything else other than cash that I think really needs to get hit right now. Um, let me think. Like, yeah, I mean, everything else, like, either everything else is either already kind of in balance with the other decks or we don't yet know whether or not it will be imbalanced. So, like, if they hit cash, I feel like all the decks from the summer, there's none that really stand out as, like, okay, that's going to be the best deck. And as far as the new decks, there's too, they're too new for it to really be fair to hit them, right? And, like, so we might end up, like, it might end up being where Chimera is just, Chimera is just, like, dominantly the best deck, right? But we don't know yet. So, I think, I think, like, if they released a list right now, it probably would be fine to just be, like, a short list with just, like, if they released a list and it was literally just Banner Eyesheart, um... I think that would be fine. I think people um, would be happy with that. If like honestly, if the list it, the list could say like ban a rise heart, ban D barrier, uh, like 
limit shifter shifter and then yeah i i i def i also want shifter gone i think like if they if they let us keep gamma then we can have shifter but like as the player going second into shifter there's not a lot of counterplay it's like yeah like okay i mean in a perfect world like if i were to like sit down and take the time to really go through every card in the game and what deserves to be banned and what maybe could be limited or really just what deserves to be banned there would probably be like several dozen cards maybe not but there, there yeah. would at least be a, it'd be at least a handful of cards that i would probably ban like shifter is a good example i pr probably i don't know if i really should be banned it's, it's hard to say um i mean in, in my perfect world i would probably have almost every floodgate get banned like i would probably ban shifter yeah. barrier like summon limit fragrance rivalry to tikaboo etc um but i don't know if if i actually have the power to do that i have to give i have to put more thought into it i don't i don't I don't know. It's a tough. It's I, I'm not fan of floodgates for the game, but there's arguments to be made for them, and they certainly have. Like I said, they certainly have their weaknesses. Whereas, like you know, where, or wherein, like you know, for example, how both players can sometimes end up getting stuck under your floodgate, and then you're kind of both at a stalemate. Um, so I don't know. But I'm trying to think of any other card that really stands out that I think should get banned. I think tactics I think... should be limited. I think tactics should be limited. Actually, I think tactics is is a very high impact. Sometimes it's just a really high impact card, and is going to end up eventually being an issue that a thing, something that people get tired of and probably needs to be limited. Yeah, especially as like interaction gets more diverse too. Like you got decks coming out now that that pull stuff out of the hand, uh, playing on like your opponent's turn. Uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more ways for tactics to be turned on in like a like a detrimental way. Like the existence of Zeus makes tactics just an unbelievable card sometimes. Yes. Uh, so there's and I and like that just that's just gonna keep happening more and more. I uh, yeah, I'm, and then uh, everybody's gonna be like, okay, well we'll just play two thrust and a tactics. But then thrust also has its own weaknesses too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say they might have to also limit thrust. They probably, but no thrust. Yeah. Thrust fair. Thrust fair because you can never. It's never really a good going first card. It's kind of only a going second card. So like you can't yeah. really main it. So I, thrust probably fair at three. Yeah, it's like going first. It's like. You either have to like main deck a card that you really don't want to draw going second, and then hope that like thrust is setting your target, or, um, or you have to have like some in engine card that you want to be playing. So like if flu might main yep. deck it to play Dreaming Town, but there's like if flu wants yeah. to go get Dreaming Town with thrust, sure, <laughs> like, yeah, that's 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 good with me. Yeah, okay, that that's but, actually but yeah. interesting to hear your perspective about um, like we can we can keep it really minimal to uh to what needs yeah. to go makes sense i'm really interested to hear where you think the format might go especially after a potential ban list so let's just say ban list comes out tomorrow and the only card on that ban list is a rise heart to one you mean zero you mean zero it's already out yeah zero you're right you're right i'm sorry zero that's what i meant it's banned that one arise heart goes to zero. In that situation where that one arise heart goes to zero, is there maybe that top tier, that top echelon of decks that you think players need to be looking out for when they go to Vancouver or Costa Rica, especially like those, you know, those things that that you're like, okay, you're gonna see this at the top tables, and you might not even realize it. I think the new releases all change things a lot because I would have said before this. I think I think if 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 Arise Heart was gone, I think Dragon was like a really really good deck. Um, I think the Worlds format hits hurt it a lot. To where in Worlds format, I don't actually think it was like crazy crazy overpowered. 
But in TCG, like for Nats, I wanted to play Dragon for the for Nats, but I, I didn't have enough experience with it. But I do think Dragon was probably the best deck for WCQ. And like, I think it's so if Cash got banned, then especially, I think Dragon would have been like really, really good. But with the new decks, yeah, how does Dragon compare to like Chimera and Rescue Ace? I don't know. I think Chimera is like a really good deck potentially. Um, I think it's going to take some time for people to like figure out the best build, but like that's a deck I have my eye on. Um, probably like, and then like, right, there's Unchained, there's Rescue Ace, there's all these new decks that are like doing really well, but we're not 100% sure yet, right? They might, may, perhaps they're being slightly overhyped and people will end up realizing they're not quite as good as we think, or perhaps they're going to end up being like dominant decks in the coming months. There's no way to know. It's kind of a, it's such a wide open format. You know, and I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't tested enough myself yet to really be able to sure. make an educated opinion on it. Um, but I think some of the decks to watch are definitely Chimera, Pearly, Dragon. Rescue seems to be doing pretty well. I, I've played a lot with that myself. It's it's fragile sometimes, but it's a solid deck. I don't think it's mm -hmm. like a dominant best deck, but it's a good deck. But yeah, I think like Chimera, yeah. Dragon, those are like two of the ones I think would be like the closest to like a potential best deck. And then like Rescue is a good deck, Pearly's a good deck, um, Unchained seems to be a good deck. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Runic's card, if Runic uh, variants fall out of the format or if they kind of stay, because that's something that hasn't been seeing much play recently, but like that's certainly still a great engine, and like Sprite, you know, those are still great engines. Um, Branded Despy is probably going to morph into more of the Chimera stuff, and then I'm trying to remember what other decks there was at Nats, or if that was kind of most of them. I can't, I'm trying to remember. Um, Lab? That's an interesting question, because, like, like at Worlds, everyone kind of thought that was going to be, like, one of the decks to beat, cause just because it didn't it didn't have any hits, so like right. everyone, except for Skill Dream being limited. But um, maybe the Skill Dream limit, limit just really hurt a lot. But also, I think it was largely because everyone was so prepared for the deck. Like, everyone, I think, had, like, three Bell on their side, or some combination of at least Bell or, like, Cosmics, or, like, Cosmics and Board Wipes, if they didn't have Bell. So, like, and I just think, like, as a Labyrinth player, like, it was just so hard to make it through, like, a whole event, like, because everyone was had those cards in their deck. So I think, like, Lab's deck is very much, like, if people prepare for it, like, if enough people in the room are, like, have already built their deck, like, with at least in their side to, like, beat it, I think it's very hard for that deck to do well. Um, and when people aren't prepared for it, I think it's a deck that can definitely really shine. Like, like at Vegas this year, where Ryan just went, like, 13-0 mm -hmm. his personal record or something like that. So yeah, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Well, Ryan's also one of the Ryan best players. Is, Great. Ryan's, Ryan's awesome. He's an insane player, but, too. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Absolutely. Is, Ryan is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ryan's like, I, easy, like Ryan, I put Ryan like top five in North America, like easy. So Ryan's a great player. Um, But yeah, Lab is like, but yeah, there's, so I think like Lab's not, not going to be like a best deck, but you'll probably still see, see play in the format. Cool. For sure. Cool. So. I think that we are on the wrap up right here. It is sure. getting close to time. Uh, so... Oh no, not time of the round. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Time. Activate, Proceed to end of phase. Uh, yeah, activate, uh, activate scattershot. Uh, read the patron names. <laughs> <laughs> well, Polly, I really want to thank you for coming on to our show today. Uh, it really has been a hell of a run for you these last, like, really like the last like six months but i i guess like a year and a half but like the last six months have been insane right yeah. the 250th ycs the points playoffs into worlds just seems like one after another after another you had any closing thoughts on maybe um, 
where that next step is for somebody that might be looking for it? Yeah, I'm just going to say what I always say to, you know, to, 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 to everyone, to all players, you know, just practice as much as you can. And, um, yeah, just keep testing. Um, and like, you know, make sure you play outside of locals. Like don't, you know, test and sit down and like really take your time with your, with a friend and just like collaborate. And, um, when you, when you, when you play test, remember the goal is not to win the goal is to learn. So take your time, you know, help each other, see the lines, you know, go back, try different options, try different lines. Open-handed. Yes. That's yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah, that's one of like the first things. Yeah. Play open-handed, collaborate. And, um, yeah, just, you know, be able to go into the tournament with as much knowledge and as much practice as, as you can. Cause, um, modern Yu-Gi-Oh is way too, it's the game has, uh, reached a point of complexity where you can, even if you're a great player, you can no longer sit down and see the correct lines and correctly, like anticipate all of the interactions that are going to happen in the game states, just from like theory and from like in intuition, you have to, you have to have just gone through the, 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 the interactions and the different game states in, in, in practice, um, to, and yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, game is very, I'm gonna... very complicated game. <laughs> yeah, then some. I'm going to read our patron names, and I would love to hear your input on some of these patron names. Um, they are... I'm excited to hear. <laughs> something. So, uh, you can stop me at any time if any of these really strike you, because you'll get it. All right, so starting at the top, a huge thank you to Bring Red Reboot Back to 3. No. <laughs> this is where, this is how, this is the start. I can't do that. No. <laughs> we could. Uh, I, Kane Martin. Like, I almost feel like Reboot's more fair than like Lightning Storm and Harpies in some ways. Harpies should get banned. That's a card that probably should go back in mail. So I don't know why that's legal. I do not want that card definitely needs to be banned. Why is Harpies legal? Thank you for reminding me. That's actually the third <laughs> card. Arise her barrier Harpies. Thank you for reminding me the third card that should go yeah. on the back to zero. Uh, it's too out, volatile. Shout out to Juhu and uh, uh, Korean. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I hit him with that in round two on stream. He, he just keeps happening to him. We gotta get it out. Brutal. So. Thank you to Kane Martin, Zyphorus, Big Stinky, Blue Eyes' Best, Copium, Branded in Chanel number 5. <laughs> I love that one so much. Broken Boy 13, Ding Dong's Hostess of the Yang Zing, Gold Secrets Coming Back When, Konami, HGH Cyber, I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job, Is Canada Nickelback. Oh, <laughs> is what back? What was the last one? Is, is Canada Nickelback. It's a, it's an old. <laughs> I reference. love Nickelback. Sunny, uh, it checks out. That makes way too much sense. Uh, Sunny, yeah. um, I have a Nickelback T-shirt that I wear like every week. <laughs> how the hell did we wind up like this, and why weren't we able? Um, the uh, <laughs> was it? That was uh, Sunny. We, we had an argument about uh, was it uh, Nickelback and Shine Down or Shine Down and the Beatles? No, and, it was uh, Shine Down versus the Beatles. And, uh, I said the Beatles sound better. Twitter disagreed. Uh, and then I said that Shine Down was nothing but Nickelback so, light. Is Canada Nickelback Ooh. is a direct quote from Sunny? That doesn't make any sense. So somebody has just made it their oh. name for life. No. There's no way okay. that's a direct quote. No, it is. It's a direct quote. I have the audio. I'll pull it up for you. Keep reading. Go find it. Uh, John Leal, Level 4 Fire Warrior Gaming. Mountain Man, Nibiru, Cool, Chain Misk. Oatmeal Spaghetti. <laughs> Only two thrusts. Sorry, it's all I had. Owen Alvarado. I mean, that's how played it too anyway, I think, because it's... Yeah, I, 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 okay, side note, sorry, sorry, keep going, keep going. No, there's definitely way more in, in, insinuated there. Pistol Place Pendulums, Silver Hope. Oh. Under okay. 
Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. As anyone read Toy Vendor, it's kind of like reading Miscars. It's that one is spelled real. It's bad. It, somebody's been somebody's been spelling there's lore on that one. wrong for weeks just to piss me off. It's, but it's been about how a do year. you spell vendor wrong? Uh, they spelled it V E N D E R for a really long time. Instead of D O R. And then they just oh, I called them out once. He pointed it just, out. They just they just started making the rest of it even worse. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I just want you to see what we have to read here. Uh, this is the name as it's written in Patreon. So he sent it to the group chat. Um, Aaron Gardner, Ooh. Alexander Chan, Astami, Ashless Chaps, Atsuyo Simpa the Silver Castle, Blackwing Silverwind the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Boxwine, come on and get your game on, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, I'm about to wreak a glamour tribute for Costis, plant nuts in your mouth, Cam, Cam the anti-magical hats guy, that's my friend Cam, who I hit with magical hats into Gear Town in uh, Edison format one too many times. Um, Neshi, Old Man Red, pin code 143, and slaking it up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And before we go, I have one last question for you, Mr. Mr. Polly Aronson, world champion of the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG. Would you consider Opelousa, Bow of the Goddess, to be a floodgate? No. No, definitely not. That's interesting. All right, uh, thank you, thank you, everyone. No. The, uh, the I've been I've been needing save. that for years. Okay. I've been needing that. It's been a debate that's raged in our community for so long. You have no idea. Really? Yeah. Patrick Hoban went on went on a podcast with Farfa and said it was a floodgate, and ever since, yeah, ever, ever, we've ever, been going, we've been fighting back and forth. I never thought of it as a floodgate. It doesn't feel like a floodgate. Oh, maybe maybe it's it's because of how vulnerable it's just being like attacked over a lot of times. Maybe that's why it doesn't feel quite like that. I don't know. I, it's because it's not continuous. It runs well, out. Yeah. That anyway. Too. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And, of course, thank you, Polly, for coming on and You're spending welcome. some time here with us. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Had, with that said. It was fun. Hope everyone had fun. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, have a great week, everybody. Uh, I don't have a card pun to end the episode, but somebody brought up gold secrets. I got three gold secret rekindlings here. Please give it back. Hey! Somebody. Please give it back. <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.